Tom Homo and the rest of BYU's Brain Trust are in Dallas, Texas for Big 12 meetings. What have we learned from those meetings and how they're going so far for the Cougars? We'll get into that. We'll also talk BYU football scheduling. When did the Cougars officially break up with Utah State? We've got the details on that. We'll also answer some of your questions on the BYU football front as well. All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Our goal here is simple. My goal for you guys out there in Cougar Nation is to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room by bringing you all the news you guys need to know about on a daily basis, getting it in about 30 minutes and get you on your way. So let's get right to it. Starting off today's show, Big 12 meetings are taking place in Dallas, Texas, where the conference headquarters are located. And BYU is there as an official, quote, observer to check things out, participate in some different meetings. This is a very interesting time for the Big 12 because there are so many moving parts. We all know this. We all know that the incoming four schools, including BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, they are all there in Dallas, Texas, despite the other three being members still officially of the American Athletic Conference. Our good friend of the podcast, Mitch Harper, a co-worker of mine at kslsports.com said that uh, West Virginia AD Shane Lyons is, quote, encouraged that all four new schools will be joining the conference on July 1st of 2023. BYU is going into that conference on July 1st, 2023, with or without those three schools. Obviously, you want to have all four come in at the same time. There's an interesting dynamic there with those four, four schools coming in. You also have Texas and Oklahoma who are still hanging out, obviously taking part in these meetings. Uh, there have been reports out of Destin, Florida, where the SEC spring meetings are going on that both uh, Oklahoma and Texas have had their say on what the future of the SEC may look like once they actually join that conference and make it a 16-team league. But there are so many different moving parts, including the fact that the Big 12 is going to be losing their commissioner. Bob Bowlesby is going to be retiring. He'll be staying on to help tr- the transition. Uh, when they announced that he was retiring, it's about almost two months ago now, they said they wanted to have a new conference commissioner installed in the next 90 days. Well, they're currently sitting about 60 days into that 90-day window. So looking maybe another month before they have their stated goal of having their new commissioner in place. Well, Mitch Harper had a really cool quote from uh, Bob Bowlesby. It comes by way of kslsports.com and their Instagram feed. Let's hear from Bob Bowlesby and what he makes of these meetings this week going on in Dallas. This meeting uh, has got some weirdness to it. Um, you know, between the the incoming members and the outgoing members and and uh, the fact that uh, the uh, incoming members are not fully extricated just yet or at least three of the four aren't uh, from their current conference um, the fact that I'm retiring and uh, there's transition put there uh, it's it's just uh, you know there's uh, we almost feel like we have to color code the, uh, the the agenda because we got some that the eight would talk about and some things the ten would talk about and some that the eight uh, 
remaining and the four new would talk about and there's going to be some things that the 14 of us have talked about so you know it's got uh, you know it would be it would be less than forthright to to uh, not admit that there's some strangeness to it He's not wrong. He said they kind of have to color code things. Some of you, all 14 members are going to be part of this. Some of them, just the 10 current members are going to be part of it. Some of them, maybe the four observer schools, speaking of BYU, UCF, Houston, and uh, Cincinnati, maybe they sit down at one point, have their administrators sit down and try to get a lay for the land with regards to the Big 12. I think the biggest thing is, is there are a number of BYU officials down there. Kevin Worthen is part is down there. Uh, he'll be part of the Big 12 Board of Directors, being the president of Brigham Young University. Those are the folks that really make the decisions. I know that we all think the athletic directors are the ones who make the sh- call the shots when it comes to these conferences. No, it's the university presidents and chancellors. Those are the ones that are truly empowered. They hire the commissioners. They make the decisions with regards to the conference expansion. There are so many things that they have their hand in, but there's other big wigs from BYU down there, including Liz Darger, who's the senior woman associate or whatever they, uh, senior woman, uh, what do they call her? And I don't remember exactly. SWA is the, is the short, uh, acronym for her title, but she's the lead administrator. Uh, maybe it's the senior woman's administrator. That's what it is. Senior woman's administrator, Liz Darger. She does a great job at BYU. I think she's actually a dark horse to potentially become BYU's athletic director when Tom Homo retires. She's there in person. I would assume guys like Brian Santiago, Chad Lewis may also be part of the uh, travel party that went to Dallas for this. And once again, a big thank you to KSL Sports and Mitch Harper for that clip from Bob, Bob Bowlesby. But some very interesting times ahead for the Big 12. I think the biggest thing I want to I want to pass along to you guys about this right now is BYU is laying the groundwork for, for when they're going into the Big 12 and right now obviously they are not going to be able to go out and make binding decisions or be part of binding decisions as it stands because they're not officially in the conference yet but the biggest thing BYU can do is start to build relationships uh, guys like Kevin Worthen, Tom Homo they probably got some relationships with some of the chancellors and the presidents of universities like uh, the, 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 like Kevin Worthen probably has some those relationships. Tom Homo's probably got a relationship with the athletic directors in the Big 12, but you can go out there and start to kind of lay out what you want to see as a member of the Big 12 in BYU's best interest. Start to quote-unquote politic a little bit. That's the biggest thing you need to do as a BYU administrator in Dallas this week. Start to lay the groundwork for what you want to push for. What are the things, the the core messages, the core uh, ideas, what you want to accomplish in your early days as members of the Big 12, that is where you start to lay the groundwork is this this week. It's I know it's weird to say, but it's very important that BYU get on top of this because with a new commissioner obviously uh, coming in, there's going to be a new era of leadership for the Big 12 coming, and BYU is going to be a big part of that. That's the nice part is that there's a big blank slate coming with regards to the future of the Big 12. You're going to have a new commissioner in place. You'll have four new member schools. You'll have two members outgoing. You obviously have to get the schedule set, but BYU, you can go and start to lay the groundwork in Tom Homo can essentially act like a senator from the United States Senate or a congressman from the United States House of Representatives and just essentially start to politic and push for what you're looking for. I don't think that he's going to go in there with a list of demands and slap it on the table and say, this is what we're going for. This, We're not arguing about this. This is what we're going to do. That's not how Tom Homo is going to operate. I would fully expect that he will be uh, more than... Uh, amenable to working with folks and getting to know them, but 
you've got to start to lay the groundwork here. And BYU has been one of the big dogs in every conference they've been a member of. If you go back through their history, the Skyline Conference was the very first conference they joined. Rocky Mountain State's conference on through the WAC, the Mountain West. BYU's been one of the big dogs in the conference, if not the preeminent big dog in each of those conferences. That's not going to be the uh, case in the Big 12, at least initially for the Cougars. The biggest thing is you've got to have a... uh, a thought that, hey, we're going to work together here to find the uh, common interests that we can support. And obviously, at the same time, stand up for what you will not bend on. You can't uh, go out there and just be like, we're good with whatever. BYU obviously has some things they're going to uh, push for. The Sunday play, obviously, will be a non-negotiable for BYU. But the biggest thing this week is BYU can start to lay the groundwork for what they want to accomplish as members of the Big 12. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll continue with the BYU football theme of things on today's show. Uh, an interesting note on when BYU officially, quote-unquote, broke up with Utah State, as well as a move of a game in the 2023 schedule that involves Big 12 play. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at betonline.net. Have you had a chance to check out betonline.net? I would encourage you to do so if not. It is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship uh, basketball championship matchup, speaking of the NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals. By the way, if you've not watched the Western Conference Finals in hockey, you're missing out on like goals galore between uh, Edmonton and Colorado. It's been a lot of fun. And of course, all the latest fight news from MMA and UFC to boxing as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We have an important favor to ask all of you. We have put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners like yourself and make sure everyone's uh, favorite Locked On podcasts are even better than they already are. This is your opportunity, your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash Locked uh, slash Survey. That's LockedOnPodcast.com slash Survey right now to get started. It doesn't take very long and everyone that completes a survey qualifies for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Once again, thank you in advance for your help. And thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there. I want to encourage you guys, if you're trying to stay up to date on everything with regards to the Big 12, make your second listen today. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. I'm part of their roundtable each week is kind of the quote-unquote observer, the outsider, because I'm I cover BYU, but I do an episode with them each week. Josh Neighbors is the main host. does an incredible job covering everything in the Big 12 Conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your your podcast. It's on YouTube as well, just like this podcast. And by the way, just a reminder, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm pointing to the right corner over here. Hit that button, subscribe, uh, like the show, leave us comments. I got a couple of questions that came in on our YouTube uh, comment section from yesterday's episode we're going to get to here in just a moment. But BYU football, when did they officially break up with Utah State? Well, Jay Drew from the uh, not Salt Lake Tribune, used to be from the Salt Lake Tribune, now with the Deseret News, the BYU football beat reporter, uh, got a open records request back from Utah State, and there was a letter sent to Utah 
Utah State from BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo on Valentine's Day. Yes, it's been three months in the work. Uh, the quote, uh, the letter reads as follows. Dear John, as you may know, Brigham Young University, quote, BYU has signed an admission agreement to join the Big 12 Conference in all sports beginning in the 2023-2024 season. In view of the foregoing and pursuant to Section 8 of the October 5th, 2020, Utah State University Department of Intercollegiate Athletics event arrangement between Utah State and BYU, this letter serves as official notice of BYU's cancellation of the football games between USU and BYU scheduled for 2023, 2024, 2025, and 2026. They have the dates in there as well. Given that this notice is being provided prior to March 16th, 2022, i.e. 18 months before the first scheduled game and July 1st, 2024, one year after BYU joins the Big 12 Conference, no liquidated damages or guarantee amount are due either party. Also, as the cancellation applies to all games of the agreement, no rescheduling of either of the canceled games is required and BYU considers the agreement terminated. We appreciate your understanding with respect to this matter. Should you have any further questions regarding this notice, please contact me. Signed, a sincerely signed Thomas A. Homo. Okay. That's actually kind of funny. You're going to break up with your longtime in-state rival a program that has been more than happy to play you guys on Valentine's Day 2022. Crazy stuff, but made me chuckle a little bit to see that date because obviously Valentine's Day is the day of love and BYU essentially broke the hearts of Utah State fans uh, and broke up with them. I think the biggest thing is why this is just coming out because if you recall, uh, Utah State put out a statement from uh, John Hartwell, their athletic director, essentially saying, hey, it wasn't us that canceled the deal. It was it's all BYU and BYU fired back a little bit and saying, hey, it's part of the deal with us going into the Big 12. We have to make it hard decisions. Uh, no hard feelings uh, came out. I'm of the opinion in the ensuing three months between that letter officially going to Utah State on February 14th and the, the statement from Utah State coming in, I think it was like mid-May, it was middle, middle part of last month, maybe towards the tail end of last month. Uh, I'm of the opinion, actually, they probably looked at maybe scheduling something. They probably had some conversations. Uh, Jay and his reporting said that the open records request said that no other conversation about series was part of the open records that were able to be found. So any conversations would have been via phone uh, or in person. So I am actually the opinion, I'm not saying that this happened, but I would guarantee that John Hartwell and Tom Homo would have probably had a conversation or two via phone and said, okay, here's what we're looking at with regards to our future scheduling. Can we find a way to find a game or two to put together? And maybe they just ultimately came down to the fact that BYU said, you know what, for the foreseeable future, at least through 2026, let's table this discussion. We'll uh, chase it at a future date and let's move on. Obviously that had Utah State fans, all 15 of them it feels like in up in arms and yes I said 15 of them because sure feels like that's about as many as Utah State fans as there are out there in the world but you know I'm having some fun at their expense but uh, I think the, th the bigger point is, is that BYU probably tried in good faith to maybe find an option, or maybe they just played hardball and said, here's the deal. We're going to cancel this for the time being. We'll check back with you in a few years, and that's just how it's going to be. Now, on the other side of this, BYU has officially moved their game against Southern Utah in 2023 to September 9th, which will be officially week two of the season. Uh, BYU obviously has a game in 2023 against, uh, against Arkansas on September 16th, so their week two and week three matchups in their non-conference slate as they are anticipating BYU uh, playing a nine-game Big 12 conference schedule, which, by the way, we may get some details on that finally later this week with regards to the Big 12 meetings. We'll have a recap of everything we learned from the Big 12 meetings more in full on Monday. 
But uh, the fact that BYU now still has one game open, that would be week one. The home game they were hoping to have against Tennessee obviously was canceled. We talked about that. Tennessee paid $2 million to avoid having to come to Provo. Well, BYU is going to have to go out and find a game for week one. And actually, we talked uh, with Clint Overby from ESPN Events. And man... Week one is actually a prime real estate window for a game that ESPN events could schedule. Could it be a neutral site game or BYU playing a big name opponent on the road potentially? That very well could be the case. Maybe the fact that BYU, uh, that week one, they're leaving it open, moving Utah State into week two, or Utah State, Southern Utah, into the week two slate uh, to keep that option available to them. I, I'm not saying that, it's, uh, any, I'm not reporting that, I'm not saying that. I think that it would actually be a very smart move. Clint Overby talked about it. You can go back and find that podcast. It's about a month ago we talked with Clint, who is the vice president of ESPN Events. He does a lot of the brokering of these type of games, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if something like this maybe comes down the pipeline at some point. It's just... Keep an eye on that. It's very interesting, but it looks like BYU's schedule in 2023 is starting to clear up. You have the road game at Arkansas, week three. You have the home game against Southern Utah to get yourself essentially tuned up for that ahead of going to Arkansas. And then, yeah, your week one opponent, you could bring in a lower-level FBS team for your home opener, or, yeah, you could play a neutral site game, potentially ESPN events brokering something with a big-name opponent. We'll see what happens, but it looks like things are starting to fall into place with regards to BYU and their football schedule in 2023. And I'm of the opinion that moving that that Southern Utah game to the start of the season is the right thing to do. It'd be kind of weird, let's be frank, that BYU is not playing a a Southern Utah or a Weber State or a Dixie slash Utah Tech in November after a decade of that happening, but... It's more in line with what everybody does. They play those FCS games typically in the early part of the season, unless your name is an SEC school insert here. Alabama, the plays like the Citadel, uh, where they play that week, week 11 ahead of that Iron Bowl game against Auburn. BYU probably could have kept uh, Southern Utah in that slot, but the other interesting note on that, by the way, just one other quick note, is that BYU paid uh, Southern Utah an extra $50,000 to make the move uh, to September 9th, and obviously uh, Southern Utah had to move a game that they had scheduled. I don't remember what the name of the opponent was. Maybe it was like Western Illinois or something like that, but they moved that, and the $50,000 essentially is a down payment against uh, rescheduling a future game against the Thunderbirds. So BYU essentially paid 50 grand to move the game to week two in 2023 and at the same time that 50 grand could be paid towards a future game against the Thunderbirds that BYU probably will look into so BYU's being smart with this I'm actually pretty savvy moves if you're if I'm being frank uh, with my thoughts about what Tom Homo is doing here I'm actually liking how he's kind of operating shucking and jiving and doing his thing it's fun to see all right so there you go on the BYU scheduling front. Now, we need to get to some of your questions. There's some interesting ones that you guys sent in this week. We'll get to that. A couple of them revolving around BYU basketball. We've also got to get continue to get to one of our uh, player uh, highlights. We're going to talk about a tight end who is uh, one half of maybe the most famous play in BYU football history in our top 50 player countdown. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment as we continue on with Locked On Cougars. All right, before we go here on today's edition of Locked On Cougars, let's get to some of your que- uh, comments and questions this week. I have not had a chance to do a mailbag edition of the show. We'll get back to doing those more regularly next week. So if you want to send them in now, please do so. You can follow the show on social media and send them in that way. Locked On Cougars, really simple to find on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My personal Twitter feed, if you'd like to reach out there, is Jacob C. Hatch. would love to hear from you guys. DMs are open on Twitter for both of those. Or email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. And that's where our first question actually starts is via email. 
email. It came in from our good friend, Brian. Brian reached out and said, Jake, I heard that Dallin Hall has returned home from his mission. What are the expectations for the return missionaries on BYU's basketball roster going into this fall? Uh, and I actually think that's a great question, Brian. So thank you for weighing in. Thank you for emailing us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. There are three return missionaries expected to join the BYU basketball roster this fall. All of them are guards. Richie Saunders, Dallin Hall, and Tanner Toulson. Saunders returned, I think, almost a month ago now, so he's already back. Dallin Hall got back just earlier this week from his mission, and the good news is both of those guys will have multiple months now to get their bodies in shape and, in theory, be actually able to contribute early in their BYU careers. That'd actually be a very, very positive thing if both of them can do that. Richie Saunders was a standout at Wasatch Academy that's produced guys like Caleb Lohner and Fush Traore. Very, very talented guy. Uh, true swingman. I think like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, uh, a guy that I'm excited to see. The guy I'm very excited to see is Dallin Hall. He could be the point guard of the future, folks. Rudy Williams is going to be BYU starting point guard this year. He'll be the primary ball handler. But Dallin Hall would not surprise me to be the number two guy handling the basketball behind him. Dallin Hall was Mr. Basketball here in the state of Utah, which is an absolute scoring machine for Fremont High School up there in northern Utah. He was just worth the price of admission to watch him hoop. And uh, I think that if he is capable of getting himself in shape, and obviously he's got a few months now at least to get himself ready for the upcoming season, get himself into school this summer and get a head start there as well there could be a very good chance. I think that both Saunders and Hall could contribute right away. Tanner Toulson, I think, is a little more of a project. He's probably going to redshirt this year and work on his skill set. He is a late bloomer. We had him on this podcast many, many moons ago before his mission with actually with his brothers, if I recall correctly. And he talked about the fact that he, I think he was like five foot nine in 10th grade and he just blossomed and, and he, he grew to like what, six, five or whatever he is. Uh, so he's got a lot of skills, but I think he's a little further away from contributing to BYU. The good news is I think he gets home relatively soon as well, so he'll have some time on his hands to get himself into school and get a head start on conditioning, working on getting the mission rust uh, knocked off his legs. So, Brian, I think that the hope is that both Saunders and Hall, maybe not in the very start of the season, if they do, great, but I think at some point this season, you're going to see both of them called upon to contribute to BYU. The good news is both of them are high-level basketball players, and I have been waiting to see both of them in BYU uniforms. All right, the other uh, note I wanted to pass along to you guys is the BYU and San Diego State have officially agreed to a home-and-home home series extension of their long-running series. Uh, they will be playing that in the, during the next two seasons. BYU is going to play at Viejas Arena down there in San Diego this year, November 11th in the upcoming season. And then in 2023, uh, BYU will host the Aztecs at the Marriott Center in Provo. No date has been set for that return game, but this is a fantastic series. You, you all know that the show, uh, they have just like this visceral hate for BYU and uh, by the way the show SDSU if you guys are out there on Twitter hey What's up? Uh, but they, man, they get after it. And BYU's actually won the last two games against San Diego State. It's a high-level opponent. It's a game that helps BYU's NCAA tournament hopes. Uh, and obviously, uh, Gonzaga looks like a top-five caliber team going into the season. They got uh, the mustache himself, or the, what do they call it, the Fu Manchu back himself. Drew Timmy officially announcing that he's going back to play for uh, Gonzaga for what will be his senior season this upcoming year. That makes him maybe the preseason WCC player of the year, in my opinion. Uh, Julian Strother also announced he's going back to Gonzaga. BYU's up against it to maybe win the WCC in their final season 
as a member of the West Coast Conference, but hey, that's why you play the games. You go out there and show what you can do and see if everything goes according to plan. Now, uh, one other note, a comment here on our uh, on our YouTube page. Our good friend Outside View weighed in on this. It says, does BYU have any more linebackers that can play running back like Tyler Algier or quarterbacks that can play offensive line like Blake Freeland? Well, I'm not sure they do, but the more important part of his question actually revolves around BYU's defense. And Dave McCann wrote an impassioned defense of Elisa Tuiaki this week for the Desert news. Uh, you can take it or leave it, but there's an interesting quote here, and I remember this. He says, also, how could Elisa Tuiaki, this comes from our good friend Outside View, how could Elisa Tuiaki recently tell the media the defensive line could, quote, steal the show this season? What? What does he know that nobody else knows? I actually think that uh, Tuiaki's comment uh, may be right in a way, Outside View, because, let's be honest, how much lower can that defensive line have sunk than they were the until end of last year? They were not good. That defensive line was getting absolutely thrashed on a game-in and game-out basis down the stretch last season. So still the show, well, I guess relative to expectations, you probably have nowhere to go but up if we're being honest about BYU's defensive line. I, it was not good. I can tell you this much. The defensive linemen that I have seen, I got to see during spring ball, they look noticeably bigger. They look stronger. Does that translate to improved defensive line play? Hardly. You have to go out there, work as a cohesive unit. You have to show that your individual skill development has come along. There are so many question marks around this defensive line that, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still a skeptic at, about the defensive line. And if the defensive line cannot hold up for BYU this year, what I think could be an absolutely incredible season potentially for BYU, especially with how good this offense could be. They could find themselves in a lot of shootouts if the defense cannot hold up its end of the bargain. I am hopeful. I mean, be, uh, that's not, I'm a skeptic about the defensive line, but I am hopeful that the defense we saw in 2020, which was a top 40 defense, and that's good enough for BYU. If you have a top 40 defense, BYU very easily could challenge for double digit wins again this season. So outside view, uh, I don't necessarily understand why he made that comment, but I guess maybe relative to expectations, is Coach Tuiaki right? They they may still the show just for the fact that their expectation level for what we're expecting from the defensive line, it's so low that, man, it's not a very high bar to clear. So we'll see what happens. Oh, and then one other uh, comment here. It was also an email that came in. Uh, it was more of a funny comment than anything else. And it made me chuckle because I went off on this. Brad Crawford writes for 24-7 Sports, and he did a, a ranking of the top 25 best quarterbacks in college football this year. As I talked about on a previous edition of this podcast, podcast. Jaron Hall was not among those top 25 best quarterbacks, and I was just at an absolute loss for it. Guys like Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina made that list. And by the way, Jaron Hall is number six on the uh, on the draft boards from Mel Kuyper for quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL draft. I, I don't know uh, where Brad Crawford's coming from because as it was pointed out to me by Ethan in an email, uh, he, Brad Crawford wrote bowl projections for 24-7 sports this week and said that uh, BYU will play Western Kentucky in the Hawaii bowl, but Crawford does suggest that the Cougars could play their way into a better bowl game given their schedule. Here's the quote. This is a team that has a real shot at getting to a New Year's Six bowl game if they're able to conquer several games against nationally ranked teams from Power 5 conferences. Now, an additional quote. Keep an eye on quarterback Jaron Hall, too. If he has a pro few prolific games early in high-profile situation, Dark Horse Heisman buzz should follow him the rest of the season given the Cougars matchups with Oregon and Arkansas, among others, unquote. So, Brad Crawford, what is it? Is Jaron Hall a top 25 college quarterback, or is he dark horse Heisman contender if everything goes according to plan? Which is it? <laughs>
uh, it made me chuckle. It's like, okay, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here, Mr. Crawford. But that's one other uh, thing I wanted to pass along before we went on today's show. All right, final thing is our player countdown. Uh, today, we are going back to what we're calling the non-independent players of uh, BYU yesteryear. And we're going to talk about a guy that I absolutely love uh, watching a highlight in particular from his career. And that is Clay Brown uh, from BYU. Clay Brown was a tight end for the Cougars. Uh, ended up being a second-round draft draft pick by the Denver Broncos in 1981 for his career at BYU had a grand total of 118 receptions. No, excuse me. That's the wrong person. I'm looking at the wrong one here. I think, no, I got the right one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Had uh, 88 receptions. I apologize. 88 receptions for 1,691 yards and 17 touchdowns. His best season came in 1980 when he had 48 receptions for 1,009 yards, averaging 21 yards per reception. Also had 15 touchdowns that season. And of course the most famous one of them all is the Hail Mary from Jim McMahon to win the Holiday Bowl, that wild comeback down 23 points, was it, with 321 to go in the game. BYU stages that furious comeback. He heaves it up there. Clay Brown outjumps all the uh, SMU defenders, hauls it in, and then they kick the extra point and win the game. What an incredible play, and Clay Brown absolutely on this list in our top 50 player countdown as we talk our way towards BYU football season. It's crazy to think it's getting as close as it is, but it's still a ways off. But folks, We are inside three months. That's the exciting part if you're a BYU fan. We've made it to June. Football comes in August. Get ready, folks. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be along for the ride the entire way throughout the rest of the summer. A big thank you once again for your continued support of this podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to also make your second listen our friends over the Locked In NBA Big Board. If you want to know what's happening with the NBA Draft, which is three weeks from yesterday, Check out uh, the Locked On NBA Big Board uh, channel. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. That's going to do it for the week here. We'll have, of course, a full recap of everything that happens over the weekend for BYU Sports on Monday. Maybe we'll catch up with Mitch Harper and see what he ha- has from his time in Dallas covering Big 12 meetings. We'll have that all for you guys on a Monday edition of the show. Until then, have a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 3rd, 2022, and we will talk to you guys soon.